0: I no. love
1: Father, from our hearts, we want to echo the words of that song. Lord, our soul, deep down, there's something that you awakened, and Lord, we love you, and we want to love you more, and we want to love you for all eternity, for in you is every joy, in you is all the riches of life, in you is everything we have need of. You are our all in all, Father. And we welcome you. We believe that you're here already. How we thank you for your presence. and, Lord, as now we bow, we take this part of the service. We're inviting you to take the word, impart it, and break it to our hearts and to our souls. Lord, while we're standing, we remember the many needs. There's so many, many needs. Our sister Laura Collins. Lord, you alone are the one who bore every stripe, took the pain and the penalty. Oh God, that she would not have to suffer. I pray you'll remember her. Our brother Ron Spencer, we commit him in your hands. Even our brother Donnie Reagan, again making requests for his daughter Erica. Father, remember all these needs. And Lord, the many needs in our midst, you're still that high priest. Father, as now we open the word, may you be in this service, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That's all the singing will do. Wonderful spirit. we got such a nice liberty that we had here on Sunday and just carried over real well. We thank the Lord for that. Amen. Also, if I could just make a request. We had a little testimony from Brother Andre Petit, and he got the results of his biopsy back, and all the cancer is gone. So we thank God for that. So we need to have prayers and supplications and intercessions, but we also need to have thanksgiving. So make sure you thank God, even in the middle of it. Thank Him. And as you thank Him, it shows your faith in what you're you're doing. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. We'll read from verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, of the word of life For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Now these words are written by the apostle John, the one who was in the lap of Jesus, the one who had seen all of these things and who had the most intimate relationship out of all of the disciples, we can argue. And John was was also John the revelator. John had a tremendous place. And he's describing the purity of the life that was manifested. And he calls it the word of life. And he says it, it brings a wonderful fellowship. And he's writing to uh, this to us that our joy may be full. Now, just a couple of verses over in verse four. He writes, chapter four rather, 1 John chapter four. We'll read the first four, four, four verses. And he paints a little different picture here. And so we're using these two to parallel and maybe even just show a positive and a negative. Verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereby you have heard that it should come. And even now, already is it in the world. Isn't this amazing? You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God bless his word. You may have your seats. We've had different times of services, services that encourage, services that prick our hearts, services that may be hard and and tell us to shape up. But every once in a while, we also need to take time to teach, to build up. And we're just going to take the service on a different level today. Um, the thought that really had come to me at the beginning of the year was, the thought was a word, sometimes it just keeps coming in prayer, but was one of liberty. And I, I believe that we had some of that liberty on Sunday, and we thank God for that. And it's not liberty of our human emotion, it's not liberty for us to do what we want to do, but it's the liberty of the Holy Ghost that we want. And that it means the liberty for his word to have free course in us. I want to read this one quotation, and this is out of the Feast of the Trumpets. Brother Bram says, The Holy Ghost has been bound for 2,000 years under martyrdom back there and under the church ages. It's been bound not at the river Euphrates but at the door of creeds and dogmas. And that Holy Spirit can't work in the church because of man-made systems. But she is going to be liberated. She is coming back. That's what the Bible said. And he says, And those two meet one another on the battlegrounds, Lucifer and Michael again like in the beginning, They've been bound for two thousand years, almost two thousand years. I, I would want to bring some different quotations, but our time's going to not allow us to do it. But what Brother Branham's desire, what the Holy Ghost in him desired of the Church of God. So I want to 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 just, if I can, I, I had mentioned that I'm I want to take some thought on the subject of denomination. And, uh, and I, I, if I can call it this, it's, as Brother Branham would put here, the door of creeds and dogmas, the barriers or the boundaries that are being put. We can see boundaries put around us in the world today, physical boundaries. We can see the imposing of, of, of other boundaries that take away our liberties. And we also know there are religious boundaries that are being imposed. But these boundaries, the Word of God is not bound. The Word of God exceeds all of those things. And we want to find ourselves looking in the perfect law of liberty. So I want to take this thought a little bit, and I'm not going to really actually speak, because as a prelude, I've got many quotations, I've got many thoughts and directions I'd like to go But as a prelude for where I want to go, I want to play a service tonight from Brother Branham. And the service is entitled, uh, and and he actually entitles it, Why We Are Not a Denomination. And I'm going to just say this from the outset. He actually, he, he remarks that he wanted to take these services, and he speaks about the next number of services, to really nail some things down. And if you want to know the services that he's speaking of, the next service is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then it's the serpent seed. Then it's lifting him up out of history. And then it's, but from the beginning, it was not so. So he's really taking something that has always existed. The spirits that we see in the world today had their roots in Genesis, they have their ending here, it's a great battleground, the enemy trying to box up, he's always tried to box up the true move of God. And he's going to try and do that to us, but we need to know where we're standing. So I want to take this tonight, and I'm a little further than I want it to be, but I'd like to play a portion of this, and I'd like you to listen, because I believe We're under a tremendous voice, a tremendous sound. It's the voice of the Holy Ghost through a vessel in these last days. So, Brother Mark, if you can cue that up, we'll just get right into that today.
2: Uh, Monday and Tuesday, I'm going away to pray, get ready for healing service. And you can get on the phones or wherever you wish to and bring in anybody that you want to for this coming revival and tell them not to come in a hurry now not to come and say well now I'm going to run in and be prayed for tonight and tomorrow night it's all you don't do that you come in and listen a while because you want to take your time and lay that word out so close that the devil won't even have one little speck of room to ever move and then when you let your faith run out to its end till you begin to believe then let your subconscious go to acting then the faith of God will back it up Then you'll go right on out, see? Because your faith won't do too much. Your subconscious has to move in the direction that your faith is moving. And then God's faith moves in behind and confirms it all, see? But if it's your faith, oh, yes, I've got it right now. And even your subconscious rolling back here saying, I wonder if it'll work on me. It won't do it right then, see? So we want this to be a real healing service. And before I get anyone into the rooms and so forth for the healing or this new services, I want them to really understand what they're coming in there for. So, just to remember and come and visit us, and we'd be glad to have you. Now remember, now in the morning, if we're going to continue on with the church doctrine, and tomorrow night, the same way. Now, you're welcome to come, and anybody can come, we're always glad to see anybody. But now this tonight is just directed home to the people that are the tabernacle here, that. It's raised up in this doctrine. Or out in the fields, evangelistic fields, we just take the real fundamental evangelical doctrines of the scriptures. But here at the tabernacle, we got our own thoughts and our own beliefs as a a church. And that's what we're to go over tonight. Before we open his blessed word, can't we just bow our heads for a moment of prayer? Almighty and powerful God... Who before the world ever start whirling on the first Adam, you are God. You haven't changed a bit, and when there is no more atoms to hold it up, and there's no more world to be held up, you'll still be God. You're for everlasting, and from everlasting, thou art God. You never had a beginning of days nor an ending of life. You'll always be. And Father you being infinite and we finite, then we ask for your divine mercy, God, realizing that this Spirit of ours is to blend into the eternity, out of the time elements into eternity. Therefore, Lord, we're here to check up on our salvation, to see how we're standing in the sight of thy Word and to see how we are uh, situated in our experiences. Are we living that which is pleasing to Thee? Does our spirit bear record with Your spirit? And does our teaching bear record with this Bible? And Father, may we examine both closely in these next three coming services. Grant it, Lord. Bless the pastor here, the deacons, the trustees, and all the laity, the people who come to this church. Since my days your Lord, is many, many, and I don't even know their names or where they come from, but I'm sure that you know all about them. And we're here for that one purpose tonight, Lord, to fellowship around the written Word, and give us the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we can step peacefully and soberly and in, in the fear of God, and examine our lives by His Word. Grant it, Lord. And in this building tonight, Lord, there is my brethren uh, of different phases of the, of the Church— and Lord I'm so thankful that they are here to fellowship. Maybe we might disagree upon little principles of doctrines, but in that one great major principle we're standing as united brethren in a front that oh God may it strengthen our our fellowships and our and the bounds of God's grace and love rest upon us richly now realizing Lord that this is too much of a job for a man to do because we have here under consideration tonight the destination of souls that's eternity bound so we pray that the Holy Spirit will get right into the word and will lay it out and explain it in his own way to us the things that he would have us to know Grant it, Lord. And when the three, the times of service is over, may we go as a strengthened church, as a united together to put our hearts and our aims all together with our fellow citizens of the kingdom of God and move forward like never before. I want to thank you, Lord, here in the presence of the church and, and of the peoples that share that you gave me now several weeks of good rest. I feel wonderful tonight because of your presence and your blessings. Oh God, we pray for brother here our brother that's going overseas, way down into those dark, dingy countries where his very life lays as a target. Oh, Lord, bless our brother Jeffreys as he goes and his son and his wife and give him great increase. May he cut holes through the darkness until the gospel light will shine far and wide. Hear us, Father, for we ask this petition in the name of the Lord Jesus, thy Son. Amen. Now, tonight, reading in my small Scofield Bible, I've just passed 25 years old recently. And I can still read it, but it gets pretty dim. So I've got me a pair of reading glasses when I study. And I'm going to see how it works tonight for my first time. Now, I have subjects like this that must the church... Oh, many things, if we can get to them. One of them, why are we called the church? Why are we not a denomination? Why uh, why do we uh, believe in the eternal security of the soul of the believer? Why do we condemn women preachers? Why do we baptize by immersing? mercy? And will the church go through the tribulation? And uh, many of those subjects here, I guess I got 15 or 18 of them for the next few nights. So I'm thinking tonight to begin with, to start with, it seems to be the Lord lays upon my heart just for this subject, the why are we not a denomination the reason that now we have nothing against other people who are denominations we have nothing against them but i want to explain why that we never went in with any denomination i was ordained in a little baptist church as you know and the baptist is not a denomination was not until just recently and now it's becoming just as much denomination as the rest of them. But the reason that we never become a denomination, now we are an organization. We are an organization recorded here in the the courts as an organization, a group of people that's organized together to worship Christ, but we're not in a denomination. No one is going to dominate over us, you see. It's not a denomination. It's It's just an organization of fellowship amongst Christian believers. People come here to the church, and this becomes their home church if they wish to come as long as they live, and they can come here and disagree with everything that we preach. That's perfectly all right. You Still, as long as you are a Christian, you've got fellowship and a handout just the same as the rest of them. See? If I said, I believe in baptizing by immersing by water, and you believed in sprinkling and stayed right on it, we'd still be just the same as we was if we both agreed. We might not be able to see eye to eye like, but as long as you are a Christian brother or sister, you're perfectly welcome. See? Everybody. But we don't have any denominations because I think that denominations separate brotherhood. Some of them would say, Well, we ain't got nothing to do in that revival. That's a Methodist revival. Well, that's Baptist. We ain't got, we're Methodists. We ain't got nothing to do with that. Brother, if Christ is in it, we got, we got all to do with it. We got to put our, it's, it's the body of Christ that is, is suffering. Now, I see that so much in the lands today, The how that we have, now Christ never did at any time ever organize any denominational church I just let that be well assured. Now, now, I'm going to ask you tomorrow night, if any of these things you want to know, like some history that I'm quoting or something or other, I don't have time just to drain that through and we'll get to another subject because you can spend weeks on that very same subject. But if you want to know the place and anything, just ask me and lay it up here on the, on the desk and I'll get it answered for you. Now, the oldest denomination and the first denomination church that we ever had is the Catholic Church. And it was organized 300-and-something years after the death of the last apostle. And that's right. You get it in the early Nicene Fathers, and you get it in the writings of Josephus, and all oh, many of the other great historians, see? And as far as in the, the any of the church ages, down through until the death of the last apostle in 300 years, the other side of the apostle, there was no denominational churches. And the Catholic was the first denomination of the church. And the Protestant church are the denominations who had pulled out of a denomination. The first Reformation come was Luther. After Luther comes Swainley. After Swainley comes Calvin. And just on down like that. And down to the Western Revival. And on down to Alexander Campbell, John Smith, and what more? See, on down to the last Movements that we have up now is the different phases of the Pentecostal age. And I believe that God has dealt in each age. But did you ever notice that every time a church ever fails and as soon as they denominate they start failing right then? And whenever they fail God never raises that church again. It goes right straight to seed. Now you just... If you want to know the history on that, we can produce it. That no church, not ever in the history of churches, has any denomination ever fell and ever rose again. Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, whatever it may be. When they fell, they are gone. Now that's right. Now this, I, I told you. Now I put on the jackets because we're going to make this stick. Think. There has never at one time when a man come out as an individual and organized a church. It started, God deals with individuals, Amen. not with denominations.
0: Amen.
2: God in no age ever dealt with a denomination. He's always dealt with an individual. In the old testament, he dealt with individuals. In the New Testament, he dealt with individual. In any age he's always dealt with individuals and not denominations. So therefore, if God isn't in the denomination, what's the use of me having anything to do with it as the denomination? Now I'm not talking about the people in that denomination. I'm talking about the denomination itself. Because God's people's in all those denominations. Now, God never lets anything happen unless He gives a warning to it. I don't believe there's anything that Now, like we have issues that comes out of the churches, such as we've had one recently about blood and oil and so forth, and you know the dear Brother Branham letter, and so forth. But the reason that I stood against that, because it's not in the Word. And that's the reason that I'm against denomination, because it's not in the Word. And it has to have something we have to base our faith upon. And if we can't base it upon some denomination, we've got to base it up on God's Word, for that is the only foundation, is God's Word. And then if God's Word doesn't speak of a denomination but speaks against the denomination, then we must speak with the Word. Regardless of what bishop, what anyone says, what anyone thinks, what a good man says, what anything says, if it's not according to God's Word, then it's wrong. See, it must be, the Word must be the last thing. God's Word must be the final amen. Now, remember, I'm not unchristianizing anyone, you understand that. In denominations, there's tens of thousands of precious souls in all those denominations who are God's children. But to separate them and segregate them, I'm against it. And God's Word's against it. And I believe that there isn't an ism that's in the land today. There isn't an ism that's ever been in the land. But what? That it was foretold coming by God's Word. I believe that God's word supplies everything that we have need of right here in the Word. From the our beginning to the end, it's found right in God's Word. And then I I believe that if it's in God's Word, then we should it foretells and God's Word is a warning. Now you don't read God's Word just like you read a newspaper. You read God's Word by the Holy Spirit. See, because the Holy Spirit itself, speaking to Christ, God, Christ thanking God that he had hid these things from the eyes of the wise and prudent, and would redeem them to babes such as would learn. So you see, there's no way of ever being educated. There's no way of ever denominating. There's only one way to get right. That's being led by the Spirit of God. And that experience you had must cope with this word. See? Then you got it. See? Like, when we get down here in a few minutes now, we're dealing with people who are, are some of them are radical Calvinists, some of them are radical Armenians, and, and different ways. Now, there's always, no matter how thin you slice it, it's got two sides to it. It's exactly right. And they both got arguing points, but the thing is, where lays the truth of it? That's where we're coming to. Where we think by the grace of God, we show you the truth of it. Now, let's just take, and this is just where God some of these uh, church doctrines wrote out. Let's turn in your Bibles, just a few minutes, all of you now. And let's get over to Revelation the first chapter, or the Revelations, the 17th chapter to start with. And let's just start reading and find out now where these churches began at and what, what started. Now, the Bible forewarns everything it forewarns the days that we're we're um, uh, living in, and um, now Revelation's the seventeenth chapter, if you will. I said thirteenth, I didn't mean that. That's on the we get that actual law too. That's in the Prophets of the United States. But listen real close now. And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying, "Come hither, and I will show thee the judgment of the great." That setteth up upon many waters. Now remember, this sounds mysterious. Now, this ill-famed woman. Now, if we're going to teach this, you've got to find out first what these symbols mean. Now, a woman in the Bible represents church. How many know that? We are a bride, the church is a bride. Come here and I'll show you the judgment. Now, there's going to be a judgment spoke upon the great whore, the unclean woman, that sets upon many waters. Now, the woman symbolizing a church, and water symbolizes people. Now, if you'll notice it, also, um, all right, look to the 15th verse while you're there. 15th verse, the same chapter. And he said unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whores set up, are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. See? Now this great church, great woman, now remember, she is an ill-famed woman. And if woman represents the church, and Christ's church is a bride, a holy bride, then here is an unholy woman. That would have to be an unholy, pretended-to-be bride. See? Now, and what does she do? She sets upon, or to be above means to have the governing over many waters. In other words, she's got power through all the nations, tongues, and people. She's a great person, this woman is. Now, whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. Kings of the earth have committed fornications. Rich man, great man. How would you commit, how would a king commit fornications with the church? It's spiritual fornication. Spiritual, what is fornication? Well, it's like a woman living untrue to her husband. She's living with another man while she's got a husband. And this church then is, is pretending to be the bride of Christ while she's committing fornication with the kings of the world, with her unclean living, unclean profession. Oh, it's deep and it's rich. I just love the word. Now, notice whom the kings of the earth have committed fornications and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Her wine is what she was giving out, her stimulation. We are the church. We're the ones God. Is. See? I just draw that in your mind now. All right. So he I, the angel told John, I'll will show you this judgment is coming to this great church. Now oh, what? So he carried me away in the spirit and the wilderness and I saw a woman setting up on a scarlet-colored beast. Scarlet in the Bible represents royal. The color scarlet means red. And beast represents power. Did you notice the beast come up out of the sea? That was in the Revelations thirteen, and when you see the beast coming up out of the seas, meant that this power was raising up among the people. But in Revelations thirteen, when this lamb came up, he came up out of the earth, no people, United States. But then after he had two little horns, civil and ecclesiastical powers, and then he received power and spoke like the dragon did before him. You just Got the market down. We are coming into a religious persecution with the same things that they did in pagan Rome many years ago. For it's thus saith the Lord. Now, what is this. Setting up on a beast of power. Did you notice Rebecca? When Eliezer found her, it was in the evening time, and she watered the camel. Because Eliezer said, if the damsel comes and waters this camel, that will be the and his drink, that will be the one that you have chosen, Lord, to be the bride of your servant Isaac. And while he was yet in prayer, Rebekah come and draw water and give him a drink and watered the camel. Notice, the camel was a beast, and that same beast that she was watered was the one who packed her to her bride, Isaac. And today the power of the Holy Ghost that the church is watering and worshiping is the thing that will pack it from this earth to meet the bride. Sure, Isaac was out in the field in the evening. We don't meet the Lord up in glory. Ephesians the fifth chapter says that we shall meet him in the air. Oh, that makes the Methodist get ready to shout. Think of it. See, The Lord Isaac had come out from his father's house and was out in the field when he saw Rebekah coming on the camel and she loved him at first sight and jumped off the camel and ran to meet him. Amen. That's right. That's where we meet the Lord. And the very camel that she watered packed her to her husband. And the very power that the church is worshiping, that the world's calling fanaticism, that the church is worshiping will be the same power that will take the church up in the air to meet the Lord in the air. The Holy Spirit, see? There is, and look, Rebecca was a virgin. And this woman is a prostitute, we're speaking of here. Now, you get what the power is now? The the power, what the means that the beast, she was on a scarlet. Now, what kind of a beast would it be? Scarlet? That would be a rich power. What kind of a church is this? She's going to be now. She's a rich church. And she's a great church. And she's a powerful church. And she has influenced the multitudes and people and the kings of the earth have committed spiritual fornications with her. That's a great man of the earth. Now, we're going to find out who she is just in a minute and find out about these denominations. And the woman was arrayed in purple kingly, red and purple in scarlet colors, decked with gold and precious stones, pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of the abomination and filthiness of her fornication. What she have in her hand? For doctrine. What she's holding out to the people. We are the church. We are this. And she's made the kings of the earth to come drunk with her like that. We are this. We're the great powers. We sweep every nation. We're the greatest church there is. Come on. Drink of water Here, pour out a little bit of it. You take it. You take it. There it is, Steve. And she had in her hand a cup. Look. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet colors, decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of the abomination and filthiness of her fornication. Now, friends, we're not reading a daily newspaper. We're reading God's eternal and blessed word. All heavens and earth will pass, but that word will remain. Right. And upon her head was written a name, was the name written, rather, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, the abomination of the earth. Now, here some time ago, I don't think in the church here, but I preached on a subject, handwriting on the wall, and give the historical standing of Babylon. Now, every ism, That ever come up, every religion and every ism that there is in the world today began in Genesis. Now, if you get hostage to Babylon, if you want to chase in the history, or some of those fine books, you can even find every ism that you want to find. I'm going to take you back there in a few minutes on women preachers, see, and show you just where it first started from, see, back in Genesis. And all these different things is how they come up out of Genesis. Genesis means the beginning. How many knows that that's right? Genesis is the beginning. So everything that is had to have a beginning. When I look at a tree, I've been in the woods for a couple trees, about two months. I see a tree, how pretty it is. I see it, it goes down. Another one comes up in its place. Perpetual life. And I think of that. But somewhere that tree had a beginning. It had to have a beginning. And the only way it could be designated to be a tree or to be an oak or a beech or a poplar or a palm or whatever it was, there had to be a master intelligence behind it. Or if it just one been one oak tree, everything in the world would have been all oak trees. But something great master intelligence had to say. Let it be his holy name, he's the one who sets the moon and the stars in the solar system. He set everything in its order. And he'll set his church in order. They'll turn just like he wants her to turn. East, west, north, or south, or whatever it is, when we can get these denominational ideas out of our minds, and throw ourselves wholly into Calvary. You'll set it in order if we're just as submissive as the trees and his other creation. You ever see the moon saying, I ain't going to shine tonight. Some of your stars shine in my place. (laughs) But we, oh, we're different, you see. Now, Babylon. Watch how Babylon appears. It appears in the first of the Bible. It appears in the middle of the Bible. And it appears in the last of the Bible. Now, there's something... Now, I begin with Nimrod. Nimrod found in Babylon and the Shinar Valley right close between the Tigris River and the Euphrates. And Euphrates passed through and, and how that every road through all that country led straight to Babylon. And each one of those gates were about 200 feet across, those gates made out of brass. And when you got inside of the... City of Babylon, every street led straight to the throne. Now you can go to Rome today, and every road will lead to Rome. And there's a little Virgin Mary staying on every corner, it'll turn on the road with a Christ child in her hand, pointing that way towards Rome. See? It appears in the first of the Bible, it appears in the middle of the Bible, and here it is in the last of the Bible. Now, I just want to read on this for a few minutes we get the background of this, thing. All right. And I saw the woman. Now watch the church. When you see woman, just think of church, Steve. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints. Now where does the word saint comes from? The word saint comes from sainted one or sanctified one. Sainted. All right. I saw her drunk with the blood of the saints. Now, if this woman is a church, she's persecuted the saints. And she's the greatest church. She has power all over the earth. She's over many waters. And she's the kings of the earth commit fornications with her. Well, who is she? Kind of a mystery. Now, the spirits go to, you know, there's supposed to be nine spiritual gifts in the church. To wisdom and one to understanding and one for healing and one for so forth. I with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. Look like they didn't care much what Jesus said. what the church said.
0: Amen.
2: That's right. And that's correct, too. Amen. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. I wondered with admiration. Uh, it was a, a, a marvel thing about her. How did I wonder? How did she... Now, let me just take John's place and try to open that up a little bit, see? Uh, John says, there she sits. She's pertaining to be a Christian church. She's got all the access to the monies of the world. She's got the kings of the earth at her feet. She's a rich and colorful thing. And how can she be drunk with the martyrs of Jesus? How can she persecute the saints? How can she kill those martyrs of Christ? And yet she's claiming to be a Christian herself, a Christian church. Now, watch. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carried her, and which had seven heads and ten horns. Now, this is just common reading here. Now, you catch this, this would be very easy. The beast which thou sawest was and is not and shall descend out, uh, or ascend out of the bottomless pit, and shall go into perdition. And they that dwell upon the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they see, when they, when they beheld the beast which was, which is not, and yet is. Now, now this has got the pinch. So here it is. He said, now notice that when all, not just a few, but all that dwell upon the earth shall wonder, all of them will wonder, the whole world will wonder about this woman, there's just one group that won't be wondering about it. And that's those who had their name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now. I just might as well squeeze this in right here, because we're going to get into it in a few minutes. Yeah. See? Yeah. When was their means put on the Lamb's Book of Life? From when the last revival they attended, the night they went to the altar, the night they joined the church, I'm not trying to hurt you, but I'm telling you, the Bible said their names were put on the Lamb's Book of Life since the foundation of the world. Exactly. When God, in the beginning, Bible says that, that the blood of Christ was shed before the foundation of the world. Well, when that blood was shed, every member of the body of his name was ripped with that blood on the Lamb's Book of Life at the foundation of the world. What are you so scared about? Amen. Oh, brother, that unlocks the doors, doesn't it? Well, now let's just read this right here and see if, if, if that says right see. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore does our beast lay first? And the beast which thou sawest... All right, that's it. The beast which thou sawest is and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit... Now, we're coming back to that, but I want to get this other... Because we're on it. And shall go into perdition, and they that dwell upon the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world... There's going to be a bunch on the earth, in other words, that's going to be deceived. For he deceived them. And there was only one group that was not deceived. And that was the one that had their name on the book of life since the foundation of the world. We'll get into that a little later. Now, notice the woman, the church, she was mystery babbling. We see her appear by Nimrod. What was Nimrod's purpose? Nimrod founded a city and caused all of the other cities to pay tribute to this city. Could we see such a thing today? Is there such a place today? Is there a church that has domination over every nation in the world? Certainly. Is there a place today that makes every nation pay tribute to it? Is there a place... Let's go ahead and read the rest of this just a little bit so you get the whole picture of it. All right. Which seen the beast which was, is not, and yet is. And here is the mind that has wisdom. Now, how many of those that wisdom is one of the gifts of the Spirit? Now, what kind of group is he talking to then? Talk. He must be talking to a group of people that has the, the gifts of the Spirit operating in this church. Here is to the mind that has wisdom. Now you stop finding it all through these church agents here. Pulling out the Holy Spirit. Speaking out how those gifts would be working in the last days. Now we've got gifts of healing working. Or it's going good. Well brother, these other gifts, that's just one of them. That's just a little minor thing. Well, here's a far greater gift right here. Which would be the best, the gift of the Holy Ghost of wisdom, to put the Word of God together and to show the church where we're standing than just to get somebody healed. We all want to be well. But I'd rather have my soul well than my body well anytime. Oh my. Here, the Holy Spirit speaking through John and Patrick, said, here's to the wisdom. Let him listen to this. Now, we're getting a picture drawn out here. Here is, and here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. There is only one city that I know of in the world. There's two cities that I know of that has seven or more mountains in it. Cincinnati is one of them, which is for the... the fiction story of Cincinnati some other wolf you know and so forth but it has more than that in it but there's no one church dominates Cincinnati there's only one place in the whole world that has a church sitting on seven hills that dominates the entire world now I've just come from there all those things and I've seen there where it said, Here's to wisdom. Revelation 13. Let him that has wisdom count the numbers of the beast. For it's the number of a man. Not a bunch of man, a group of men, but a man. And his number is 666. I've often heard that over the throne of the Pope of Rome, it's wrote Vicarious of Philadelphia. I often wondered if that was true. Draw a line and draw it up in figures and Roman numerals and see if it is. It's exactly the truth. I stood that close to the triple crown of the foe in a glass. You stick some hell, heaven, and purgatory. see? So those things have just come from there, just come from Rome and know it's the truth. Now, we know it's pictured out. And here are the seven kings, five are fallen, which was at that time, and one is, that's one to come now, which was Caesar, and uh, another is yet to come, which was Herod. Which was wicked. Now watch, watch, how perfect it is. And when he cometh, he must continue for a short space. Does anybody know how long? hair drain? Six months. Pulled his mother through the street from a single tree of a horse and burnt the city and laid it on to the Christians and fiddled on the hillside while they were while it was burning the city. Six months is. Sh- see, and the beast. Now watch. Look what a rascal that he was. See. Now watch. And the beast that was and is not even is the eighth, and is of the seventh, the nature of the seventh, and goeth into perdition. Anyone knows what perdition means? Hell. And watch where he's sent it out of. Hell. What is it? The bottomless pits. There's no foundation for Catholic doctrine. There's no Bible for Catholic doctrine. There's no such a thing as any Bible for any Catholic doctrine. Not at all. They don't claim to be the priest. There's a little priest up here in the Sacred Heart Church. Come over there. He said, oh, he, uh, I was telling him about uh, baptizing Mary Elizabeth Frazier. He said, oh, you baptized her according to the way the early Catholic Church baptized. I said, when did that? He said, in the Bible. Your Bible. I said, did the Catholic Church baptize that? Is that the teaching of the Catholic Church? Yeah. I said, in the infallibility of the Catholic Church, why has it changed so much? See? He said, well, see, you all believe the Bible. We believe the Church. See, we don't care what the Bible says. It's what the church says. That's exactly right. You ever come to a showdown to a try it once? See, we don't care what the Bible says. That has nothing to do with it. They care what the church says. See, but we don't care what the church says. We believe what God says. Amen. For the Bible is written, let every man's word be a and Mine be the truth. That's why we're not denominations. Now, watch. Listen to this just a minute. Five kings, which it was, Paul and five kings, if you want that uh, uh, from the history, I'll show it to you. And one is the one to come. Now watch, the beast. Now the beast wasn't a king. He was one which is, which is not. And yet he is, and he is not. Yet he is, and he is not. What is it? Confession of the popes. A power, a beast. Exactly. Ruling. Really. That's when pagan Rome was converted to make papal Rome pagan Rome was converted and then had become the papacy which they had a pope instead of a king and the pope is the spiritual king that's the reason he's a crowned spiritual king claims to be the vicar of Jesus Christ there you
0: are
2: now I notice and we're going to bring that catholic doctrine out there and show you how it's weighing right down into the protestant churches See, how oh, it's still weighing right in the protestant church a lot of it Contrary exactly to the Bible. Absolutely contrary. Now, a beast which was, which is not. Now remember, all of them will be deceived upon the earth whose name is not written from the foundation of the world. That's he. And the beast that was, and is not the 11th first, and yet is the 8th, now the 7th, and goeth into perdition. He will continue on until he hits the bottomless pits at the end of the road. And the ten horns which thou saw are ten kings. Now watch here. If you want to see something striking, watch this. Are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. They're not crowned kings. They're dictators. See, there never was crowned kings, but they receive power as kings one hour in the reign of the beast. That's just this little shadowing time right now where dictators are rising up. See? Receive power as king. One hour with the beast. Now, all right. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb and... Lord. I- conjunction. The chosen and faithful, they shall overcome him, no matter how great they get. And this great communism, communism move we got today, don't worry about that. That's working exactly into the hands of God. I can prove she ever killed? Yes. yes, sir. You watch these kings all agree together and will hate her and the whole nation, the whole world sweeping communism. Why, well, it's got to be a move of God to punish it. You say, wait a minute, Brother Graham, communism a move of God? Absolutely. It certainly is a move of God. The Bible says so. Alleluia. But it's moving in to pronounce judgment upon an ungodly and disgracefully illegitimate people. Yes. What's left in this world? What have we got? Here the other day, I'll stop on the subject just a minute if it's possible. I was reading in a piece of scripture where that an illegitimate child will not enter the congregation of the Lord for 14 generations. How many know that? Right. You're 23. An illegitimate child, if a woman is caught in the field, that's away from the protection of man... And a man overcomes that woman, that man will have to marry her in regardless if she becomes a prostitute. He has to live with her till he dies. And if this woman marries him, pertaining that she is a virgin, and she isn't, then she can be killed for it. And if a man and a woman which are married, and they bring forth an illegitimate child... That the congregation of the Lord, he will not enter to 14 generations and 40 years as a generation will be 400 years before that seed ever gets out of Israel. God hates sin! How do you expect to wait on the holy blood of the Lord Jesus? Just because you belong to a certain denomination, expect to go and You're going to come God's grounds where you're not coming at all. Right? Deacon, preacher, whatever we may be, has nothing to do with it. Amen. You come on God's turn. Amen. Fourteen generations. The person is sitting present. Now, who was discussing that with me? Said, How do we know who would we'll ever be saved? Then I said, That's where you ought to be a good Calvinist. Your name was put in the book before the foundation of the world. God takes that bloodstream. That's up to Him. Amen. Well, what's that got? Listen, you young people today. I don't know where you come to this church or where you come, you young boys and girls. Did you realize the things that you're doing? If there is another generation, your children will be judged for what you do. Yeah. Haven't you no respect of decency? You girls that's out here wearing these little old shorts and things around, do you know that's reflecting on your daughter? Yeah. Did you know your grandmammy was a, a flapper? And your That's the reason you're a today. Certainly. What will your children be? Yes, sir. God said he'd visit the iniquity of the parents upon the children and their children the three and four generations. And do you realize, my brother, every time you do that, which is right, that'll be visited on your children? Look here. Let's take Hebrews, the seventh chapter. The Bible said when, when Melchizedek, Met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the king and blessed him. And said, Now, Levi is talking about paying tithes. Said, Levi had an order from the Lord to receive tithes from his brethren. And Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes. For he was yet in the loins of Abraham when he met. And Abraham was his great-grandfather. Abraham got Isaac. Isaac got Jacob. Jacob got Levi. Levi, father, grandfather, great-grandfather. And while Levi was in the laws of Abraham, the Bible said he paid tithes to Melchizedek. Hallelujah. So, tell you that any kind of a move in the world can ever interfere with God's great call. She's moving right on. And back in the beginning, the devils or enough devils to interfere with his program. Now the Bible did not say potentially he paid it. The Bible said he paid tax. When he was in his great-grandfather's lawn. Glory! Glory! You know everything. And then Abraham, he paid tithe. And sister, brother, how can you run out here and people living, running around with man's wives and wives breaking up homes and living the way you do? What do you expect another generation to be? Here's what it is. It's become now nothing but just a bunch of illegitimate, messed up, born bunch of
0: corruption.
2: And there's one thing left for it. And that's the atomic day that we're living in. It's exactly right. We're at the end of it. Sitting this morning, way back down in the hills of Kentucky. A little old boy, he couldn't hardly get 10 foot of him from making sorghum molasses. Probably didn't know hardly, which was right hand or left. When he heard, I got over on a posted ground. I didn't know where it was. That just some of the hollers. And I, I was going up there to go squirrel hunting. And when I sat down there, I got talking to him. And this boy said he's going in the army and come to find out. We got to talking about the Lord. He said, Preacher, don't you believe that we're acting in time? Amen. Way back up there in that mountain. I said, Sure we are. Sure, son, we're at the end time. Here we are. This is the hour that we're living, brother. We're in a place, can't you see how that mothers back at her and daddies how they lived in grandpa and grandma? Can't you see how Papa and Mama has lived? No wonder we're in a corruption today. No wonder you can beat your hell. off. They'll wear shorts just the same and spit in your face. Right, They'll smoke cigarettes and blow right at you and say, "Tend to your own business." Why? Because that's the tribe they come out of. Right. I'm going to get you that directly—the seed of the serpent. We find out where she moves in. See why we act like that. They're the devil's children since the foundation of the world. It's right. And we're nothing in left for it is just judgment. The only thing is left. <coughs> Can't have nothing else but judgment. God will just whack the whole thing out. And man has done it themselves. God didn't intend it to be that way. But he knew it would be that way. That's the reason he said he would deceive all that lived upon the face of the earth except those whose names were put in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world.
1: Let's, let's have our musicians come. If you... I'm not sure we'll play more of that. I just wanted to use that as a bit of a springboard for some of our services that we go in this direction on. But it's the message, Why We Are Not a Denomination, 1958. 0927, that's September 27th. And uh, where would you be tonight if this message hadn't come? We would be deceived just like everybody else. We would be, as the world around us, they say that there is greater marriage breakups, there is more drug abuse, there is more alcoholism, there is more uh, nervousness because of what's happened in the last two years. There's only one place of rest. It's in Christ. It's not going to be in a church world because there's some things happening in the church world that's going to blend together like it has in the past. And that's, the Lord willing, what I'd like to get on, on some of those things because there's, there's great things that are happening in the world, but the true believer, those written on the net, in the Lamb's book of life, they will not be deceived. Oh, we ought to be so thankful. Amen. Let's stand together. I think it's good sometimes that we just sit and uh, sit under this voice together. I think it's good if we do that at home. Uh, I think there's more pressure. I think there's less of that that happens in our homes. I think it's good sometimes for our children. I think it's good if we sit under this voice this way. And not that we always do it because we, we do want to... We believe God is inspired, but I believe this is our absolute. This is where we go back to. Amen. Hold to God's unchanging hand.
0: Oh, oh, time time is filled 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 with swift transition. transition. Not of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal. God's unchanging hand. Hold to God's unchanging hand. You gotta hold to God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal.